everyone, and welcome to the Friday edition of the Dark to Light podcast with Frankie Val in the closet and <laughs> Beans. And we might get a, a, a word or two from the beautiful Aurora, who's popping in with her book. And Lauren has stuck her head in a couple times too with the beautiful Lauren. She's she has, she's she's reading her book over here, nice and quiet, and listening to us talk. Very sweet. She's beautiful. Just beautiful. So. We have a lot to talk about today. We're going to get into um, some clips from the Ken Paxton impeachment hearings, which are mind blowing. If you're like a geek for like law, like um, like courtroom stuff and and really dramatic courtroom questioning and cross examination, the Ken Paxton impeachment hearings are for you. They're they're utterly amazing. So we'll get into that. But before we do, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about. This storm, Lee, again, I'm just warning everybody to keep their eye on it because it is the most, um, the strongest measured storm in the Atlantic's history at this point. It went Great. from, yeah, it went from a tropical storm yesterday all the way to a Cat 5 in less than 24 hours. Levi Cohen is from Tropical Tidbits and he is a brilliant tropical meteorologist. He, he he's I've been watching him for years. He was going through his doctorate. Now... He's saying this is one of the most impressive rapid intensification episodes I've ever seen in the Atlantic. Hurricane Lee went from having no eye this morning to a, a Cat 5 intensity this evening. Absolutely incredible. And the issue that I'm having is this. Um, all the, the models are saying, nah, it's not going to hit the continental U.S. There's a lot of uncertainty. And as we get closer, it'll keep changing on where these models are actually going to have this storm making its north turn. There is, yeah, um, I, I'm hoping. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping. I, I've seen all the so-called spaghetti models, and she's um, just, just. I don't need this. Nobody needs this. Nobody needs this. No, and, me. This is all about me. Well, you don't. I need don't it. need this storm. No. Yeah. I mean, I can't. I, I don't need it either, Frank. And depending on when when it turns, I could get slammed with it myself. No, no, I want an eastward turn. I don't want anybody to have it. Obviously. Well, we all want but... it to be a fish storm, is which is what they call it when they don't move anywhere and they don't they stay out in the ocean and they they don't hit land. But there's a lot of complicated weather stuff going on that they really the computer models are all saying one thing, but everybody keeps saying not to necessarily rely on computer models so far out. So everybody. I would say Florida is generally pretty safe from the storm at this point. It's the rest of the eastern seaboard that needs to watch it. So I saw a land a, a potential landfall date of 16th or 17th. Is that still uh, the... At least a week. Okay. So we have a long time. And you know how easy it is to forecast the track of a hurricane a week out, right? Right. It's not. Right. So I'm not saying get scared. I'm just saying people should probably start preparing in case now so that you're not waiting till when the meteorologists all go, we didn't expect this to happen. We thought. And then you don't have anything and everyone's at the store getting their bread and milk. That's all. What, oh, <laughs> what do you know? I, I don't know. Uh, what's the strongest that has made landfall over here in New York? Three? I believe it was a three. I don't even think Sandy was a hurricane when it made landfall. Yeah, it was just storm surge. Yeah, it was like a tropical was cyclone. A yeah, yeah. So this is this is not like the waters off the coast here are very, very warm. They're not saying it's going to lose intensity the closer it gets to the conus. But I'm just watching it. Very Everybody's watching it. This is like a, an anomaly of a storm that these meteorologists haven't seen ever. I have some cool pictures, though. Um, this dude is one of the pilots that goes in and does the flights, the recon flights and the hurricanes. Here's a picture of the eye wall from the plane doing the surveillance inside the storm. It's pretty crazy. You see some lightning up here. Very well-defined eye. And, uh, yeah. So, so he's above it or he's inside it? Inside of it. Inside of it. They fly right inside of them to measure pressure and all kinds of other stuff. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. So we got planes that can withstand hurricane, uh, Cat 5 hurricanes from the inside. Looks that way. It's incredible. I always wondered I about that, that myself. I thought that was still off, uh, off limits for even us. No, they do it. They do it. So um, I have this clip. 
I have to play it. I hate Medisan. I think he's a loser. But he did an interview with Vivek. I'm calling him Vivek Ramaswampy because just terrible. But I want to play it for you so you can see a car salesman in real time. I, I don't care really who anyone votes for. I really don't. This guy, please don't wait. Please, please just stop paying any attention. Just here. Here we go. I'm going to play it. You say you are anti-identity politics, yeah. anti-affirmative action in a party that hates the Soros name, yet you accepted a Paul and Daisy Soros scholarship at law school, law school that was specifically set up for the children of immigrants. It was an affirmative action scholarship, and your defense for that is that you didn't have the money to pay for law school, even though you'd already made over a million dollars true. at the time and my, made another my defense two million of that dollars. Is, my defense of that you is somebody gives you a money. merit scholarship at the age of 24, you no, take you it. Told at the age of 24, you somebody gives you a merit scholarship, you take it. I didn't say I didn't have the money. I said at a time when I had a lot less money than now, $50,000 no, was exactly still useful to money to make. You keep forgetting your quote. You said, when yeah, I didn't well, have the money. So, so, Mehdi, I've made this really easy for everybody. And I did this yeah. in the early weeks of the campaign. Yeah. I released 20 years of tax returns. Yes, you something did. that no presidential candidate, let alone somebody who's successful in business, has done. I challenged yes, Democrats did. and Republicans alike, and, including and the Biden family, to do it. And, we and, and you know what? I, re I released it so that you could look at them so we can have Thank an honest so conversation. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. The fun thing I've learned. I do appreciate that. It's yes. something Trump and, and should and learn from I think that transparency is important. Look, so it's, here's, here's two, so it's we have already open and everybody can and see it. Exactly. We have 2009 But the fact of the matter is, you know what I would advise every... Hold on, you Every told me to look at them. I'm looking at them. Take two thousand dollars yep. and two thousand ten. You made seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. You had the money to pay for law school. You didn't need a Soros affirmative action scholarship that you now yeah, criticize. I mean, if, None of this is worthy, but if you think it is, let's get to the detail. That was well, actually I, I, the first big piece of money. You say you're anti-affirmative action. Was, well, you took a scholarship for immigrants. I'm anti-affirmative action. So why did you take a scholarship so which, for the children of immigrants? Would, which falsehood would you like me to address? The financial one or the or the one about my views on affirmative did, action? Because I can go in whichever not, order you you'd like. I'm going to stop it because literally he said out of his own mouth that he didn't he didn't have the money, and that's why he took the scholarship. And everybody was like, oh, all right, I guess I can understand why you take Soros money if you didn't have it just to get yourself through law school. But he did have the money. He did. And now he's backtracking on that. The same way he's backtracked on literally everything. Everything. He says I mean, one thing and then somebody's reading him the quote of what he said and he says they're lying. It's insane. It's incredible. Oh the, it's incredible the, uh, the, the, ne the necessity to... I mean, obviously, especially if the if the if the um, the what you call it you got the uh, scholarship you got is from George Soros, you know, any kind of a fund that he's a part of. So I can understand his his uh, hesitancy to want that to to be out there. But again, to to sandwich it in between lies and all this other stuff, and and again, if he had so much money in the first place, then why even going out and getting scholarships? I guess everybody just it's for the hell of it. If you're going to go to college, maybe you, you write some scholarship papers, see what you get. But uh, I mean, I don't know. This, like it's, I said, it, it's everything guy, with him. It's everything with this dude. Literally everything. He is a fraud. He is a smarmy car salesman fraud. He shouldn't even be thought about. He he says the right. He says what he wants you know, what people want to hear. He has literally zero convictions. He was on the stage with Pete Buttigieg in a town hall questioning Al Sharpton while he was claiming that he's some, it, it's, um, mm, this whole interview, everybody should listen to it. Everyone. Yeah, and I don't like Mehdi Hassan at all. Neither do but, I. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it's, I don't know. I don't know. This, this, this other one over here is, I, when I saw him, I don't watch too much of him. But I think that he's maybe at best got press secretary vibes. He's for, a Democrat. Not for, any, for anybody. He's he's like, a plant from the left. I'm I, I'm I'm nearly certain of it. I've like we have not talked about presidential politics on the podcast like at all because I I don't want to get into it, the the nonsense and the mess that is going on. It's just stupid. There's so much other stuff to talk about. But this man right here. He, I, I would be stunned if he was not a leftist plant that is being used to prop up or to pull votes or to do whatever. I would be stunned. So press secretary or any cabinet position? No, thank you. No. no press secretary from a, um, a script reader standpoint and being able to 
you know, to spar with uh, anybody on a on a particular issue of the day. I mean, he's a he's a talker, but you know, like I said, with substance. Some of the biggest blowhards in the uh, in American history have been press secretaries. Um, Corinne Jean Pierre, who is another press secretary, just broke up with her whatever wife girlfriend. I don't know. Really? Yeah. After they adopted a child, and now the of course, child, yeah, of course. Now, 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 of course. Now the the there's what's the custody like that uh, going to be with the the adopted child now? They're sharing custody of their nine year old daughter. Of course, two I'm girlfriends, a... two girlfriends, two roommates that thought it'd be cool to to start a joint venture and and uh, and, and uh, acquire themselves a child, and then they uh, they break up. And now, and now it's going to be the, bouncing this kid back and forth like a volleyball uh, between this. Oh man, I feel so bad for that kid and all kids in their position. It's just terrible, and she's always got the same damn look too. It's the same look in every picture she takes. It's like this woman is a robot of some kind. I don't even know, like whatever. Anyway, we're gonna get into um, Liberty Safe now. Have you seen this whole thing? They gave access uh, to one of their safes for a January 6th person to the FBI. Yeah, without any real necessity to do so. They just gave it to them. Backdoor access to the safe so they could open it. Because they had a search warrant, but it, there wasn't a subpoena for the safe. And it's not really... You, they didn't have to. They didn't have to give them this information. So Liberty Safe took a beating on Twitter and elsewhere. And they made a three-page statement saying that they have now revised their policies around cooperation with law enforcement. And it says, going forward, we will require a subpoena that legally compels Liberty Safe to supply access codes, but can only do so if these codes still exist in our system. So they were maintaining these backdoor codes in their system. Most people didn't know. Anytime law enforcement wants in, they just call them up and say, hey, can you give us some access to the safe? And quote, Liberty Safe says, yeah, sure. Now, what's in it is that it, it can, I know that some people put guns in there and stuff, uh, but is this like a safe deposit box? I don't know too much about the company at large. They sell safes anywhere from like massive ten, fifteen thousand $15,000 safes down to like smaller safes. Most people that I've talked to use them for their guns and weapons, but they're one of the biggest safe companies in the country. And... The B put out a an article. Weird. Liberty safe dials revealed to only turn left. <laughs> but they put out the statement. At Liberty Safe, we're dedicated to safeguarding the rights and privacy of all of our customers. It's a promise that remains deeply personal to our employees and leadership. Our company, one of America's oldest and largest safe manufacturers, was founded on the belief that Americans should have the fundamental right to protect and safeguard their valuables and property. As a courtesy to our customers, Liberty Safe has long adhered to industry standards by maintaining a secure database of factory set accommodations. This practice helps customers regain access to their safe for a wide range of reasons, including loss of the original combination, service requests, and warranty issues. Liberty Safe possess, uh, processes over 4,000 requests of this type annually and provides combinations to safe owners only once they provide clear documentation of their identity and ownership. We listen to our customers. Yeah, you listen, all right and update our products and practices in response to their evolving needs. Today, we're announcing a change that empowers our customers with greater control over their information. Effective our, 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 our customers' needs in for this kind of a product and service really evolving, though? <laughs> it's pretty are, basic, are they right? Really, do they really change from day to day? I, I think, think this is a very <laughs> even keel service here. Most people wouldn't want their safe to be broken into by anyone, let alone the FBI. Yes. <laughs> okay, so you don't want the feds to get in. I'm making a note of this. We be thought that we all, okay. Okay, no, okay. Okay, we were wrong. Effective immediately, existing customers can visit combination removal webpage or fill out the form to have records of their access code expunged. In the coming weeks, we'll be releasing a feature that gives every new customer this option when registering their safe. Then, we have also revised our policies around cooperation with law enforcement. Going forward, we will require a subpoena that legally compels Liberty Safe to supply access codes, but can only do so if these codes still exist in our system. 
they, we, and then Charlie Kirk posted, Liberty Safe was sold to Monomoy Monomoy, Monomoy, Monomoy Capital Partners in 2021, a liberal East Coast investment firm. I pulled the FFC reports on the company and found approximately $400,000 over the last 10 cycles of max donations to Democrats. Like Fetterman, Mark Kelly, Raphael Warnock, Liberty Safe's current CEO, Justin Hillenbrand, who apparently came from the essential oils industry, <laughs> was a founding partner of Monomy and donated 4600 to Obama for America. And we're supposed to be surprised that they betrayed their customers to the FBI as quickly as humanly possible? Right. You could put all your Bud Light in your Liberty Safe. All your Bud Light. All your Bud Light that you have left in your fridge, put it in your Liberty Safe. They're fireproof, so you can't burn the safe, but you can figure out some paint it, use it for furniture, sell it on to a lefty who wants to keep their drugs in it. I don't know. That's really all you can put in there. Well, no, not drugs. You can't put anything of value. Drugs still have value, like market value. Whether yeah, you but if you're a lefty, not. they're not coming after you, so. You're right. <laughs> Oh, well, it depends. If, if you're a lefty, yeah, definitely. Especially if it's crack. Well, um, I mean, hell, everybody from Hunter Biden to Barack, Barack Obama. Obama. So. <laughs> On the left coast, California just legalized, or is about to legalize LSD and psychedelics. So, hey. You're going to need it. You're going to need it if you stay out there for too much more of your lifetime. It's just going to... New York's going to have to legalize that stuff, too. At least New York City. I have the Eric Adams clip. I'm just going to play it now because... Hold on. Where is it? Come on. Come on. And then we're going to get into the... Here it is. My life. Have I had a proper support? And let me tell you something, New Yorkers. Never in my life have I had a problem that I did not see an ending to. I don't see an ending to this. I don't see an ending to this. This issue will destroy New York City. Destroy New York City. We're getting 10,000 migrants a month. One time we were just getting Venezuela. Now we're getting Ecuador. Now we're getting Russian speaking coming through Mexico. Now we're getting uh, Western Africa. Now we're getting people from all over the globe have made their minds up that they're gonna come through the southern part of the border and come into New York City. And everyone is saying it's New York City's problem. <laughs> Every community in this city is going to be impacted. We had a $12 billion deficit that we're going to have to cut Every service in this city is going to be impacted. All of us. Yeah. So I say to you, as I turn it over to you. I'm stopping it now, but we're going to finish it. Go ahead. <laughs> yes, if you send 10,000 people a month for years, and, you know, this is all part of a giant endgame push. The southern border has been this bad for generations. And worse. big cities like New York has harbored illegal immigrants from all over the place for a long time. But because it is it is overwhelming the levees here and the levees are breaking, uh, again, it's easy to say that New York City or any city in town could not survive this for any number of reasons. Economic, cultural displacement. Everything is just will just collapse under the weight of this. Just like if you swarm any lifeboat, everybody dies. The issue here is no matter how real he gets about talking the situ about the situation in New York, never ever flirts with the Sending idea. Sending them back that they need to be removed from the country. You can't, in your right mind, look at this as a mayor of a major city and only think that this is a story of this city's going to collapse. Okay. And after the collapse, then where does everybody go? I mean, they need to be removed from the country. It's not good enough for a, a mayor like Eric Adams to say, this city is going to collapse. We need to get them into other smaller towns and cities <laughs> so they can collapse too. 
and other states, mind you, because they're not going to stay in New York. They're going to come to your red states, whether you like it or not, and live in your blue cities and red states. So I, I don't care how real talk, how much real talk we get from someone like Eric Adams. He, they never come close to saying what actually needs to be done. He's trying they to be rounded up in mass. He's trying to, what I think he's trying to do, and we'll finish listening to it, is rile the people up enough to cause so much upheaval that the Biden administration is forced to take notice and do something about it so that they send more money or they send more something or they have no, they, I mean, I really truly do think, Frank, that he is very, very upset, worried, frustrated, angry, and knows he's not going to be able to manage this. And he means what he's saying. You inherited this. They All they have to do is pass, because they keep going to court over it, right? And the judges keep saying, you have laws on the books that allow this. You have to go in and, and repeal or craft new laws that disallow it so that the justice quote system can take some action. But they passed all these sanctuary city laws. And so the, their own laws are stopping the courts and law enforcement from doing anything about it. You see, it's a problem of their own making because they never in a million years dreamed that states would be shipping all these people to them. Why? I, be, I guess because Republicans typically have no balls. So they thought they would just eat it. I don't know. But here, here's the rest. This is some, some of the most educated, some of the most knowledgeable, probably more of my commissioners and deputy commissioners and chiefs live in this community. So as you asked me a question about migrants, tell me what role you played. How many of you organized to stop what they're doing to us? How many of you were part of the movement to say, we're seeing what this mayor is trying to do and they're destroying New York City? It's gonna come to your neighborhoods. It's going to affect you soon. All of us are going to be impacted by this. See, your ivory towers I won't last forever. Last year when we had 15,000, I'm telling you now, with 110,000, the city we knew. It's already gone. It's already gone. And we're all in this together. Yeah. All of us. You know, the first thing they can do, first, the first thing he can do is he can actually give power back to the police again. Mm, which he yeah. was a, a, a member of. Uh, yeah, whatever to whatever nominal degree. I've been having conversations with Sal Greco lately, talking about the the lawsuit he has coming up against this guy, and the, you know his background and who he really is, and they're all thugs. But you know to talk about the, you know, they're coming from your neighborhoods. Oh yeah. Well, well, how about uh, give give the teeth back to uh, the false teeth back to the police so they can do something. That, so that that there is some kind of consequence for detainment that they are able to actually I don't know respond when they go and they pick up all these damn motor scooters and the migrants fight the police steal the scooters back go away and they cannot be pursued by law. They arrested I mean, that dude smoking a cigarette outside the park. Eight officers surrounding this dude smoking a cigarette outside the park. We played it on the podcast. Like, that's what they're focused on. While the people are getting killed on the subway, it is insane. I, I, it's just crazy to, to, to talk about how things are going. And, and you don't even do the things you can. Like, like make the police, and I don't care, make them into a brute squad. And, and, give, and tell them what the hell is going to go on. And cut off the funding. Cut off the funding. They have got to stop being. I'm sorry. They have to stop. The money that cannot be made available to these people that are coming from all over the world. It's going to be impossible for New Yorkers to live anymore. You know, there. just start. Just just start saying that all of them are Russian speaking. Yeah. Like like he said. Yeah. We've got some Russian migrants here. Good. Say that they're all Russian, and then we'll see people. We got to get these Russians out of here. Yeah, the Russians. The Russians who say, are probably yeah. the best ones out of all of them. <laughs> say that they're all Russian, please, uh, by all means. Because I don't care what the hell color they are and where they come from. They're not supposed to be here. So we're going to, we're, it's crazy. We're going to move on to the Ken Paxton impeachment. And it's very confusing. Truthfully, 
I'm not even 100% up to speed on what this whole thing is all about. But Wendy wrote an article for Uncover DC that encapsulated pretty encapsulates it pretty well. I'm going to read a portion of it for everybody so we have some background. At the end of May, the Texas House Ethics Panel filed 20 articles of impeachment on Paxton. Charges include abuse of public trust, bribery, misuse of public office to obstruct justice, and other abuses. Four whistleblowers from Paxton's office brought a federal lawsuit against the AG in 2020. Quote, the whistleblowers are former deputies to Paxton who say they were fired in retribution for accusing him of corruption to law enforcement. Now, that reeks of Vindman to me. It just reeks of Vindman. The same thing that Vindman does. Um, here it is. Paxton reached an agreement in February to pay the former employees $3.3 million, but he asked Texas taxpayers to cover the bill. Republican Representative Andrew Murr, who led the General Investigating Committee that recommended the impeachment, said that Paxton's request led directly to his impeachment. We're here today because the Attorney General asked the state legislature to fund a multi-million dollar settlement against him brought by whistleblowers. There was no investigation prior to this. The impeachment centers around Paxton's investigation of the alleged stealing of real estate deals in Austin. The deals involve mixed facts surrounding a nonprofit and potential serious corruption by the FBI and the Texas DPS or the Texas Rangers. Um, Mac contends that Paxton is under scrutiny because he sided with, quote, one guy, Nate Paul, and not the foundation. So he's going against the establishment, basically. And because he's going up against what is being called it's all texas is supposedly very very conservative but it's run by a, a bunch of bush acolyte rhinos the same way that arizona was that way the same way south carolina has their good old boy network of corrupt losers where we have the most conservative legislature in the country but we can't pass any conservative bills or protect the second amendment because they're all basically leftists shrouded in conservative quote flags okay so they're attacking Paxton because he's suing over election integrity. He's suing over gender stuff. He's doing what the people want. And he overwhelmingly won re-election by 10% in 2020, 2020. So even if you don't know what the hell is going on in this case, the clips that are coming out of hearing right now are so telling. Let's watch this one. It's six minutes long. You are going to be glued to the screen for these six minutes. I'm telling you. I'm going to play it now. This is Ken Paxton's attorney in the impeachment hearing, which isn't, it's not in a courtroom. The leader of the Senate, I believe, acts as the judge, and then senators make the decision as the jury. But it is done in a format that is like a courtroom. So this is his attorney cross-examining a witness for the people who want Ken Paxton impeached. Here we go. Are you familiar with Texas Penal Code 37.01? You've got it on the screen. Let's look at it. Let's bring it up where you can see it, Eric. Can we have it bigger, Eric? There we go. Now scroll it where we can read it. Tell me if I get this right. A person violates 37.10A when he knowingly makes a false record in or false alteration of a government record. Did I read that right? You read the document, yes. Before I showed it to you and read it to you, were you familiar with that particular provision of the Texas Penal Code? Sitting here, perhaps. I don't, I don't know. Exhibit 127, Exhibit 19, please, Eric. He's looking at the screen, at the exhibit. It's going to get good in a second. Just got to get the basics out of the way. Come on. Question. All right. What we have here is a letter sent 
on the same day you guys went to the FBI by your subordinate, Mark Penley, correct? That appears to be a letter of September 30th to Mr. Kamek from Mark Penley, correct? Who altered this government record? I don't follow you. What? I don't, I don't follow you. I don't think this document was altered. Do you see the letterhead that this letter was sent from? I see the seal of the attorney general on it, yes. Do you see the attorney general's name? I, I do not. Who removed it? I, I don't know. Would you ever countenance that? I'd have to know the, the circumstances. Well, these are the circumstances. It's September 2020, and your subordinate is sending a letter, an official letter from the AG's office, and he removes your boss's name. Would you ever countenance that? Again, we'd have to ask Mr. Penley. I'm asking, would you ever countenance that? I don't, I don't know um, in uh, this situation. Yeah. I, I don't. They went just to stop this real quick, and we're going to go back to it in a second because it, it gets a lot better. It's, it's really damning. They all went to the FBI accusing Paxton of a crime. And so he's referencing a letter that was sent that day where somebody, this is his deputy attorney, uh, assistant attorney general, right underneath him. They removed, they altered an official document to both like buttress their claims. And he's being approached and countered on that right now. There, it's, it's, it was basically a coup against Paxton here. I think this letter was altered because it does have the seal. Would you authorize that? Would you authorize removing the duly elected attorney general's name from official correspondence? Would you authorize that? Again, I don't know if that's required or not. Would you do it yourself? I am anticipating that you're gonna show me a document. I am indeed. My question is, would you have done it yourself? I don't know if Mr. Penley focused on that. I don't know if I focused on it. We obviously didn't, we don't print out the letters. They're brought to us and we sign them. Yeah. The same Somebody, old excuse. This is not a situation. I mean, this is an official letterhead of the, of the office. Somebody had to do whatever it takes to remove the duly elected attorney general's name from the official letterhead. Isn't that right? I don't know what the process would involve. Exhibit 30 within 127, Eric. There's one more clip we're going to play that's mind-blowing. Like, way worse than this, and I thought this was bad. Last page. This is their nope. star witness, by the way, in the whole thing. There you go. Do you see that on the same day you were allocating $50,000 for Johnny Sutton, you were also sending a letter to Brandon Kamick? Again, we discussed what we did with regard to Mr. Sutton. I do see that I sent a letter or signed a letter on October 1st, 2020, sent via. You signed an official correspondence from the Attorney General's Office of the State of Texas that had his name removed. Isn't that right? That's what this shows. I, wouldn't, I did not focus on that at the time. Who gave you the authority to do that? Who gave you the authority, someone that you've already admitted have never run for office and never gotten a vote, the authority to alter the official letterhead of the attorney general's office? I mean, as I mentioned to you, Mr. Busby, I didn't, I didn't do that. I signed a letter. Well, who did it in the office? If somebody had to be working for you because you told us you control the day-to-day -day the day-to-day -day activities of the office, remember? I don't know who did it. And you just, it was just an oversight on your part that you were signing a letter that had your boss's name removed? Is that your testimony to these jurors? My, my testimony is that is not something I would have been focused on on October 1st. It's, a, it's unbelievable. I, you know, it, it, it's always unbelievable and fascinating. Like when you're, you watch an animal that's trapped to see what they do to kind of like not look at you or whatever.
and and or or in this case when an animal is trapped what what alibi what they stick to no matter what i'm that's not something i would have been focused on on that day in october you mean you you wouldn't have been focused on signing making sure a document you're signing is the right one. I well, mean, it's FBI and, and freaking the FISA warrants. They said the same thing. Oh, it just comes to my desk and I sign it. I don't like here. We'll just finish this off and then we'll get to above the board above the board. Yeah. Everybody wants to, everyone wants to keep everything out. That, that's the best thing about our institutions. We have, we have uh, methods. We have, we have processes and we stick to it. And that's well, why we're the best. It's so but crazy. It seems like, Seems like everybody just signs whatever's in front of them. That was another topic about the process. We've put processes in place for this. It's so funny that you said that. Here, wait. You were involved in staging a coup, weren't you? Absolutely not. No. That's what you were up to. Absolutely. That's the reason you went to the governor's office. That's the reason you were talking to TLR. That's the reason that you had or engaged in conduct removing your boss's name. You were staging a coup, weren't you? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. It's just normal run-of-the-mill incompetence. Watch this one. It's a little shorter, but holy moly. Here we go. It's belief in certain information. But you didn't know that Ken Paxton had disclosed anything to anyone when you made this report to the FBI, did you? No, no. You were hoping the FBI would sort it out for you and not think that you were co-conspirators with him, correct? No. The purpose of the, the complaint to the FBI was because we had formed a belief in good faith that the Attorney General was involved in criminal activity. This is something that I keep hearing over and over again. We formed a good, we formed, let me make sure I get it right, formed a good faith belief that the attorney general of this state was engaged in illegal activity. Did I say that right? That's accurate. But you didn't know, right? Well, that, you didn't know, right? That's the, this, that's the point of the good faith belief is we mm -hmm. had no mm -hmm. evidence that we could point to, but we had reasonable conclusions that we could draw. What? You went to the FBI and reported the attorney general of this state with no evidence. <laughs> Do I have that correct? Yes. We reported the facts to the FBI. There's That's no not fact. my question. There's... You had no evidence that Ken Paxton had done anything illegal. Did you? Your Honor, it's not necessary to yell at this witness. I suggest Shut it's up. disrespectful. Yes, I request he quit doing it. I apologize. Let me do this again at a lower volume. Madam Court Reporter, would you read my question back for me, please? At an appropriate volume. <laughs> oh. oh, my gosh. Just wait. It gets, it gets, uh, you almost want the smarmy on the freaking stand. Just wait. I just yes. want these people's lives to be over. Repeat that. I so, want them to go to jail. Not hear even the ones that are, even this is happening yes, on Mr. a state President, level. Can we lock away state people who work on the state? I mean, perhaps we have to let go of our hope that all of these federal government, these Fed loons who ruin our lives or endeavor to ruin our lives, that they're they're just going to keep swirling away. But why can't this little douchebag go to jail? <sighs> He should, here. This is Ryan Vassar, former watching deputy Watching the live AD. stream over there? Hold on, let me ask this question again. Let me get this straight. You went to the FBI and reported him for potential crimes without any evidence. Do I have that correct? Um, we went to the FBI and reported- Please answer my question, yes or no. Our belief that criminal activity had occurred. That was not my question. That Witness needs question. to answer the question, yes or no. It's Did so I hard. ask it again, Mr. Vassar? Please. I want to get this straight. You went to the FBI on September 30th with your compatriots and reported the elected attorney general of this state for a crime without any evidence. Yes? That's right. We took no evidence. How Did well you gain it? any after that? 
Did you gain any after that? Well, we weren't collecting evidence. Did you gain any after that? We weren't evidence even looking of, to collect of what, sir, of Evidence of a crime committed by the elected attorney general in this state, elected by over 4 million voters. That guy. I don't, I don't recall if we had collected any evidence. Don't you think that's something that you should be able to recall, sir? Right to the gallows. When we presented ourselves to the FBI, we, we did so as witnesses, not as investigators to collect evidence. Did so as complainants, hoping that you would not be named as co-conspirators, true? You made a complaint, yes? Yes, it was. Without any evidence, yes? No. I'm sorry? Again, these are our good faith beliefs that a crime had occurred. I have a, I have a good faith belief. <laughs> Let me run to the FBI and say, in good faith, I think that Joe Biden, and there's evidence to support this, I have to come up with something absurd. I have a good faith belief that Frank robbed the bank on the corner because he wasn't home when he was supposed to be. Can you please go and look at that for me? What? It Wait. Can... I mean, he just said no, we didn't have any evidence. And then he just said yes, we had evidence. It was a good faith bullet. This is... <laughs> I told you it was good. <laughs> he, uh, he needs to be dragged away by the scruff of his neck and put directly into a holding cell. This isn't even... Paxton's witnesses. This is the gov. This is the impeachers' witnesses. This is a cross this examination. Is... Wow. So here. Wow. Respectfully, sir, we are not here in this historic event for your good faith beliefs. So if you could just tell these senators who are taking up their time and all of Texas's time with this impeachment. Excuse me. These sidebar testifying comments are an inappropriate form of cross. If you just ask the question, I have no objection. I will throttle it down. I withdraw it. Pull that back. Yes. Ask a question. Mr. There's more. I, we need to finish it. I have more. Hold on. Hold on. Now, let me ask you something. Did the FBI, the FBI took this case up? Yes. Yes. That, that ends a little bit more dramatically, but I don't have it, um, out. It just, it just keeps, it keeps getting worse and worse for, for I mean, there, there's, this is absurd. They, they rushed this through in less than 24 hours. Nobody even got to read the investigation. They all voted yes. The drunk ass speaker or whatever, who's always wasted this rhino republic. It's just a mess. Poor freaking Ken Paxton just doing what he's supposed to be doing for the people of Texas. I mean, this is, I'm going to be, I'm going to start watching this just because it's so good. <laughs> that I have to watch it. Good faith. I hate. I hate that term now. They've ruined. I hate it. I hate lawyers. Well, the good lawyers are good. Yeah. They're, they're kind of toothless, though. I have um, a switcheroonie. This is what McMaster came out and said yesterday. Governor McMaster of South Carolina. Here. ...were a mistake. Those, uh, a lot of the information that was presented and the opinions that were presented from official sources were, were in error and caused damage. And I can assure the people of South Carolina that we are not going to have mandates requiring masks. We're not going to close down schools. We're not going to do a lot of the foolish things that were done in other states that we limited to a great degree here in South Carolina. Uh, but we'll do that. we have all learned from the pandemic how to how important common sense is and that was abandoned in many parts of the country uh, not here we we did the right things but we thank you so much governor mcmaster for saying you're not going to mandate anything that's wonderful but my daughter spent a month at home because other people who surrounded a space she occupied were sick okay a month, a month she spent at home and not in school because people around her were sick and she was healthy. Explain. The people who were sick went back before she did. Yeah, this is recently? This was when the, the pandemic was happening. Gotcha. The people who were sick 
did their five days or whatever and went back to school. She needed to do two weeks for each little person around her because symptoms could crop up any time between those two weeks. So my healthy daughter was home while DHEC demanded that that be so, which is an organization, the Department of Health in South Carolina, under Governor Henry McMaster, who did have the beaches shut down and did do things that he's pretending he didn't do right now. So it's good to hear that there won't be any mask mandates to government buildings and shut early shutdowns. You can't go inside to pay your taxes and you can't do this. Wonderful. I'm so happy that we've learned our lesson. But to pretend that they did not destroy this state for every single parent for years is obscene. It's obscene. <sighs> it's just like they're trying to rewrite history. Here's a funny meme. I'm putting it on the screen. Look at the screen, Frank. In three I don't seconds. Look at it. I just have to wait. <laughs> I'm waiting. Oh, it's got to be there now. Maybe it wouldn't be so heavy if they used their arms. <laughs> I know. I know. So, very few out there can, can pull this off. <laughs> very few can pull that move off. My husband sent it to me. That's it. I, I'm not even going to... I have the psychedelics. I have... I have... What else? Oh, Owen Schroyer, real quick. And also, the Freedom Truckers um, trial is starting, by the way. The woman who, who led the Freedom Convoy in Canada. Um, Tamara Lich and Chris Barber. Remember, they were arrested for leading the Freedom Convoy. Their trial is beginning now, so... Uh, mm -hmm. Post-Millennial has coverage on that. But Owen Schroyer, this is crazy. They seek a 120-day prison term for him. For reporting. For speech. For speech. Literally for because he, quote, peddled conspiracy theory. Peddled them. He peddled them around like they were. Well, I earned myself at least three months of prison time every night then. What? And I hate to say that out loud because it's not a joke. It's not a joke. What they're doing right now would apply to anybody. I would say that everybody who even takes a moderate interest in what's going on in the world, if they deviate from official story at all, they just earn themselves three months in jail, according to the federal government of the United States. Uh, the, the wholly illegitimate federal government of the United States. And that is not a conspiracy theory to... Uh, to diagnose our problem as being such. On 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 route, Schroyer continued shouting to the crowd walking behind and around him through his megaphone, quote, the traitors and communists that have betrayed us know we're coming. We're coming for all you commie traitors and communists that have stabbed us in the back. You've stabbed us in the back one too many times. Clearly protected political speech. Clearly protected. Protected 100%. Especially when you have seen, you know, when I was home watching what was going on at the Capitol that day, like everybody else, well, like most people were on all these live streams and stuff. I remember seeing Owen Schroyer and uh, Alex Jones doing live streams remotely on the spot. And what they were doing with their bullhorns for the little, the little bit that I saw um, their point of view was they were screaming into the crowd, warning them, do not Don't go in the building, right? stay away. That's not here because that would be... That That's exculpatory yes. right there. Yes. So, so just, so just conversation, the criminalized conversation. There's, yeah. And um, there's this campaign going on right now. I don't know who these people are, but a lot of these are popping up separate from that issue. It's these, these posts, like this one has a, a kid with a cigarette in their mouth. Okay. And it says there are a few, there are a few health risks associated with smoking, but one online survey found that youth smokers ages eight to 10 felt access to cigarettes was an important part of their identity. Please don't stop us from being who we are. We have a right to exist, said Alexa, an eight-year-old tobacco advocate. All we ask is one Amazon-delivered government-subsidized pack of cigarettes a day. Some far-right groups have concerns about the smoke affirmation movement, but experts say they are fear-mongering and hateful. What does it matter to you? Let kids be themselves, said Tina, <laughs> smoke affirmation services expert who earns a dollar off every tobacco product sold to a child. This is about right. affirming identities. Then there's another one. 
Oppressive parents have the nerve to try to tell their children how they should see themselves. You're not fat, honey. You're perfect just the way you are. Oh, please. Do you have any idea how much damage it does to a young person when you fail to affirm their self-image? If bigoted parents like this that are responsible for the epidemic of fat-identified young people killing themselves because they don't have access to life-saving liposuction, bariatric surgery, and weight loss pills. Do better. Save a life. Affirm how your child sees herself and give her the medical care her identity so clearly demands. Good. I think this is effective. I think this is very effective. Uh, I. It, it, it's... I. It gets to the point real good. Hey, if you can, you cannot tell me, you cannot tell me that what goes into so-called transitional, um, I don't know, therapies and surgery, it, what goes into a transitioning a person from one sex to the other so-called uh, is in any way, shape or form uh, less extreme or whatever, or, or, or we'd say that cigarettes is more extreme than what goes into the chopping transitioning off, right, a person. Chopping off a young girl's breasts. Yes. I would, yeah, I would, I would 100% want Aurora to be smoking a pack a day uh, if it meant that she wasn't going to be, uh, you know, going through multiple rounds of surgery Testosterone. and drugs. And, uh, absolutely. Here's another There's one. No, it's a very effective messaging. Cardboard wings work just as well as wings assigned at birth. It's time to stop the hatred once and for all. If someone tells you he's a bird, then he is a bird. Bird kids just want to experience the euphoria of diving off of cliffs. Let them fly. Bird kids. Let bird kids fly. See? Good. Let them fly. Anyway, that's what we'll end with today. You have been listening to the Dark to Light podcast with... Frankie Bell in the closet and Beans. You can hear us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2.30 Eastern time on TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and RadioInfluence.com. Frank is also Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Not time. Not tonight. Except I am going to be live at around 2 p.m. Eastern time today because I have to be somewhere tonight. So, Ooh. But normally 7 o'clock. Thank you. Well, 2 p.m. tonight today which is weird for a Friday. And you can watch sure. us live, obviously, every every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And then, real quick, Tuesdays and Thursdays, I have a video-only show streaming on all the platforms where we don't talk about anything political at all. And we just watch funny crap from the internet. Yesterday was a tearjerker. We had a lot of, we had a lot of wet eyes in the audience. Um, but, yeah, so that's Tuesdays and Thursdays at 2 p.m. And that's it for today. We'll talk to you soon. Later.